everybody. So this is very exciting. We are here to continue our discussion on the fall movies. Uh, we had so many to talk about that I decided to split it into two uh, podcasts <laughs> and make them more manageable. And uh, so we're going to be talking about the movies September and October. And it should be pretty fun. And David is here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yes so uh let's just dive in uh talking about these uh films we've got some 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 good ones some uh some different ones and it should be pretty fun so all right first uh one we're gonna talk about is called god bless the broken road so this is a phase-based film i went to see it because it stars uh, Andrew Walker, who's a Hall, Hallmark veteran, and I, I'd interviewed him, and I just wanted to support him. And this was a movie that uh, sat for a while. I guess it was filmed in 2016, and then it was finally getting a release. And I think for, I think there are enough good parts that for people that are Christian and. I don't know, like it doesn't have really like any atheist shaming or propaganda or anything like that. Uh, so uh, I, I think it's harmless, I guess, for people that want a, you know, inspirational story, then they could watch it. Uh, but the problem is, is that uh, a lot of the conflict doesn't really make sense. And, uh, and I think that Kim Delaney, who's a very good actress, like she, her character is supposed to be sort of this antagonist, but you understand completely where she's coming from and that can work, but it kind of made it feel like a little bit that made the conflict feel a little bit nonsensical. Like, why is this a conflict? And I don't know, just some of the other stuff, the writing wasn't quite there. I think that everybody was giving pretty good performances. Everyone was trying but it just wasn't a great script. Uh, and I thought the little girl was oddly sort of unaffected by the death of her father to me. Uh, and like, she was more upset about not being able to race in this, this go-kart, whatever race than she was about her father dying in war. And so it's, it's not a great movie and I'm sure people that aren't of faith will find it very boring uh but i thought it was serviceable i guess i have it at 84 at uh peppermint uh you got to see this yeah i saw peppermint um I, I a lot of people i knew were looking forward to this i was kind of cautiously uh guarded i guess but um yeah it really was not a good movie at all um it's so outlandish and violent, like hyper violent. And I think the movie is pretty tone deaf to a lot of the issues going today, uh, going on in today's climate. Um, basically any person of color, especially Hispanics were the bad guys in this movie. It was, it was a white hero against Mexicans in general. They were all part of the cartel. They were yeah. all violent. And it just felt borderline racist, which I can't imagine that was the intent of, uh, of the creators of this film. 
And also there's so much going on with guns, which everybody's got their opinions on guns, but it goes way overboard when there's already such an outcry about this type of violence. Um, and it really just was so off putting on that level. Uh-huh. And I hate, I hate to let a movie like, uh, affect my opinion based on current political climate, but it goes so extreme that I couldn't help but to be very put off. Mm-hmm. And I think this is by far one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, I put this at 162 for the year. Oh yeah. That's too yeah. bad because, uh, you know, for some reason, Jennifer Garner has not been able to prolay the alias action part that she can right. do into a good feature film like her um electra wasn't very good uh and she has the ability but for whatever reason she seems to be better in movies as a mom rather than the action star so that's too bad (laughs) okay so then the nun i didn't end up seeing this i thought about it because it looked cool to me but evidently it's pretty not good so i didn't see it uh, what did you think? Yeah, you wouldn't have liked this movie at all. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure I watched this in Peppermint on the same day. And oh, no. Talk about a bad double feature. <laughs> um, the Nun... Okay, so... It's about this creepy character who was in The Conjuring 2. So they yeah. decided to do a spinoff movie. That's great but it felt like they had no idea what to do with it. So they tried to force uh, something. So it's about a a nun and uh, I believe a priest that decide to go investigate this old convent where somebody was found dead. And throughout an hour and a half, at least um, they are seeing all sorts of crazy things going on. One person automat one of them automatically appears inside of a coffin underground. Yet they're not going back to get police. They're not going back to get anybody else. They're staying multiple nights and like, okay, well, let's keep trying to find out what's going on. It doesn't make any sense that these people would stay when all these crazy things are going on. And sure, stuff like that happens in lots of movies, but I could not get past that in this one. Plus, most of the movie was pretty boring. Um, so it was just, it's the, the biggest movie in the Conjuring universe, I believe now. But yeah. it certainly doesn't deserve to be. Um, I think it's probably the worst. I put it at 131 for the year. Mm. Yeah, too bad. Uh, it, it, it looked like it had some potential, I thought. But yeah. Um, so then you saw Slice on the 11th? What, what it released on the 11th? What is that? Yeah, Slice is basically um, kind of this world where there's um, a ghost town of ghosts like living and intermingling with people that are living. Um, huh. I think they're bordering towns, but it's this world where they just kind of know each other. They get along. Um, and they're not conventional ghosts like they may look like everyday people. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool premise, um, and it 
is somewhat of a comedy, but it's also a movie that has an identity crisis. It doesn't really know which path to go down and commit to. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, and it left me pretty uninterested. Um, despite having a couple of good reviews uh, online, there weren't very many reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was kind of looking forward to it, but I was pretty let down. Um, so I put this at 151 for the year. Mm, okay. Uh, then we had a simple favor on the 14th and I actually, I, so I ended up seeing this at a screening and I, you know, didn't really know what to expect. Uh, and I actually ended up really enjoying it. I thought it was funny. I thought that it was a fun mystery. Uh, I like mysteries. Uh, and uh, there were some decent red herrings, I think. And overall, it just felt kind of slick and stylish. And I thought Blake Lively was really, really good. And I, I thought that Anna Kendrick was fine. But when she has to kind of play this dubious character, or, or there's a dubious side of her, uh, it worked less than the ha- sort of the happy homemaker kind of that we get at the beginning. Uh, that was more her wheelhouse i thought uh but they were she was fine and but i thought blake lively was amazing and henry golding oh he's so <laughs> handsome and overall i i just thought it was a fun night at the movies <laughs> i enjoyed it yeah this was a movie that i um i the trailer didn't give much um to go off of so so i just had pretty low expectations and they were smashed out of the water um i i did not expect it to be as much of a comedy as it is yeah Uh, i was consistently laughing throughout the whole movie and laughing loud at times yeah um which that took me off guard completely blake lively was hilarious and i've never been a big fan of hers so um i really like this a lot um this is actually my favorite movie that we've discussed so far Mm -hmm. um between this and our last podcast um Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and the last podcast is in the August ones too. Right, right. Um, so I put this at number 10 for the year. Oh, yeah. yeah I have it at 24, so I have it pretty yeah. high too. Uh, yeah, it was really entertaining. It, yeah, and I, I saw this twice in theater, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, people should check it out. If you missed it, it's worth mm-hmm. it. Uh, if you like uh, if you like a fun mystery uh mystery comedy movie it was good uh and i i thought that the the red herrings and the uh the end reveal were were effective and yeah. it worked for me and it was fun because uh you know they have all these mystery movies uh on hallmark so this was like the uh the darker much darker of course uh version of those movies and so mm-hmm. that was sort of fun uh to get uh you know sort of like why i'm excited for anna in the apocalypse you know because i'm watching all these christmas movies so then when you see something that's darker it sort of makes it more fun to me right anyway so yeah good i'm glad you enjoyed that so then i think we're alone now this is a horror movie i'm assuming no it's actually not it's um it's a post-apocalyptic movie um but um it really doesn't have horror element. It's about um, a little person um, 
who is played by uh, Game of Thrones guy. Uh, oh, um, I I'm not doing Peter well with D names. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yeah. Yeah, he he um, believes that he is the last person alive after some sort of apocalypse has killed off every person. Uh -huh. right? Some sort of disease. But he ends up meeting Elle Fanning and they, um, despite him wanting to do his own thing, she's trying to hang around him. And um, it's basically about their relationship, like living as the last two people alive. Uh -huh. um, but I did not actually like this movie. Um, I thought their chemistry was almost non-existent. The movie was too slow. There wasn't much to be invested in plot-wise. Um, so it was hard for me to pay attention to it. Um, so I put this at 147 for the year. Okay. Yeah. And, and then Lizzie. I feel like I've heard of this, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Lizzie is a, um, a biopic about Lizzie Borden, I believe her name is. Uh -huh. um, she is a woman who... Um, kills her parents um and i don't think that's a spoiler i mean it, it's a pretty integral like um part to the advertisement for this film um so i, I chloe savigny i i think that's her name she mm. plays this character lizzie um so this movie i saw at an art house theater in kansas and um it was pretty good um there wasn't a lot to the plot that I didn't expect. Um, the acting was was pretty good. Uh, it didn't leave a strong impression on me, hence me stumbling over my words to find something to... Remember, to, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I put this in 97, so it's decent. Okay. okay. Good. All right. Uh, then on the 14th, uh, there's Science Fair, this documentary that I saw at Sundance, and uh, it's really sweet and heartwarming about these kids from all over the world that are all going to this uh, international science fair in California. And they all, that has you know, amazing scholarships and huge opportunities. And they're all very, you know, excited about it. And uh, it's, it's really sweet. And if you could see it on, I think on television, then I would definitely recommend it. That it has probably maybe too too many subjects that make it. I think if it make it a little long and a little repetitive, it would be. I think they should have cut out a couple of the kids, but they they really do get people, the kids from all over the world. They have somebody from South America, somebody from Germany, somebody. Uh, I mean, they've there. There was this amazing teacher out of. Uh, in um, New York state that uh, has gotten, I don't know, like ma many of her students at this international fair. So that's pretty hard to do. Uh, you know, when you're dealing with people from all the world to have, have multiple people qualify from one school uh, in New York and, uh, and then, and, and even win or do very well. And so she was amazing at what she did and her sacrifice and everything. So it's definitely worth watching. Like I said, maybe a little over long, uh, but um, uh, yeah, I have it at 62. Okay. Yeah. I thought this looked pretty interesting and I wanted to go see it at art theater, but uh, 
I missed it. Yeah. And there were actually two documentaries at Sundance about the International Science Fair, which is random. I didn't get to see the second one. Uh, but, uh, but you know, this one, I think from what I've heard, this one's a better one, but I'm sure they're both re- really cute. So, so you got to see Mandy and all it's insane <laughs> insanity. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we talked about this uh, <laughs> movie and we both thought it looked pretty bonkers uh-huh. and really it, 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 it was, um, but also there was, um, there was this darkness to the movie and it's so hard to describe, but like watching the movie i almost felt like oh i shouldn't be here this is wrong this is evil just because of how dark they made it like and and i usually have a pretty high tolerance for any type of movie like i can uh-huh. handle almost anything yeah but this almost made me too uncomfortable um and some people might think that sounds like a great thing for me that wasn't such a great thing um I I didn't particularly like this. Um, it was very divisive. Yeah, Nicolas Cage, he actually did fine. Like, for once, there's a Nick Cage movie where he's not my biggest complaint. Um, I think my biggest complaint is that it comes across as a little pretentious um, and almost too atmospheric. Um, like they're trying way too hard. Um, my favorite parts of the movie probably were actually the violent scenes just because um, they felt they felt a little bit more standard uh-huh. and in a movie where something's trying so hard, just something standard is like a breath of fresh yeah. air. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty hard to describe my, my feelings for this. I do think it's gone up in my estimation since I ranked it first. I'm seeing now I put it at 136 and I don't think that's quite fair, uh, but I didn't love it. Okay. Yeah. It looked like like I said, I I know people that just loved it, people that hated it. So it's always an interesting thing when you have those Mm -hmm. kind of movies. So then we had on the 14th, we had the predator and what do you think of this? I, uh, I seemed like, most people I know were very disappointed in it. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not the best judge for this movie because I had never seen any of the predator movies. I've seen the alien movies, which I know that those movies intersect somehow. Um, But I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, This like a simple favor. I didn't expect it to be as much of a comedy as it was. Uh-huh. I was laughing pretty consistently through this movie as well. Um, I, I I like the action scenes. Um, it was nothing amazing, but I mean, it definitely kept my attention and made me laugh and I was intrigued. So that was enough for me to be satisfied with it. I put it at 77 for the year. Okay, good. All right. Then we had Unbroken, The Path to Redemption. So this is the sequel to the first unbroken movie and this movie isn't perfect it's probably more of a made for tv level as far as production values it does start to uh hallmark veterans <laughs> so i was that you know, that was part of the reason why i wanted to see it I support them uh and i i thought it was serviceable uh i it, i thought they did a really good job the look alike 
uh, Billy Graham was very good. Uh, I mean, as far as grandson, I believe. Oh, is it? Okay. I was like, oh, he looks exactly like him. That's crazy. (laughs) There you go. That makes sense, I guess. Uh, And I thought it was a moving story. I mean, it's a true story, but his conversion and I, you know, in, in his deal, his struggles with alcoholism and how it affected the family. Like I said, on a production value, uh, it wasn't the greatest in the world, but I, I thought that his like post-traumatic stress was fairly well done. I mean, he has these dreams that are a little cheesy as far as how they're filmed with this, uh, Japanese, uh, command, uh, commander or whatever that terrorized him, uh, that, I, I'm, I'm not the greatest, but I don't know. I thought it was okay. Mm, yeah. Okay. Is generous for me. Um, okay. I really, I did enjoy unbroken quite a bit. So this one, I think can't come anywhere close to it. The one thing uh, I think is better about this than the first unbroken though, is this is, but I think it's better paced. The first unbroken is probably at least 30 minutes too long to me. Yeah, maybe it's, um, it, it's it, it dragged for me. I don't know. I think this is an hour and a half too long. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I thought it it was. It's about they take this character and they make him so unlikable throughout the whole movie. Yeah, that's and it, it may be completely accurate, but I did not buy his sudden redemption and the end. Um, and the the dream sequences they just became way too frequent and way too cheesy for me yeah. um i just it i th- there are faith based films that can pull it off and for me this did not pull it off it didn't even come close for me so i put this at 155 for the year ooh okay i have it at 68 i thought it was okay uh, if if you're looking for for something on a Sunday to be inspiring. I, it was, it was okay. Uh, but um, it's not great. And I definitely agree. The, there are a lot of cheesy moments for sure. Uh, so, okay. Then white boy, Rick, you got to see this. I did. Yeah. Um, this movie was, I'll go ahead and say it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing great. It's a biopic about this this guy, uh, white boy Rick. They call him, um, and it's really, um, it's really interesting because it's about this this kid who's having to survive by um, selling drugs, and uh, he becomes so good at it, and he sells quite a bit of it. But he's so young, and he ends up getting caught, and um, He's been in prison since the 80s, and uh, I think he might have recently gotten out. I could be wrong, but it's pretty crazy to think that this person who's not even 18 would be punished so severely. Um, And I think that's the biggest takeaway from the movie beyond any of the acting or the actual plot, but just like the consequences that this guy had to face in real life um, and just how extreme they were. But it it was a pretty good movie, solid acting all around. I thought uh, the actors were quite natural, especially the lead actor. Um, So yeah, I I enjoyed it, but didn't love it. So I put it at 95. 
Okay. Uh, so next, there's another documentary that I saw at Sundance called Kusama Infinity. This is a this is a documentary about this. Uh, oh, what do you call it? A uh, she's a pop uh, artist, I guess, a modern artist, and she does a lot of uh, she did a, did a lot of sort of experience art where you literally like go into a room with like these like giant bubbles or these like you, you're sort of immersed in the art itself kind of a thing and she was very avant-garde very out there very crazy and uh, she was particularly uh, became famous in the 1960s and uh, she was very uh, popular particularly in the uh, the gay community and some of uh, the more marginalized communities at the time uh, especially in Japan uh, and this was a pretty good documentary. I think people would be fascinated by her life. She's a very eclectic, very strange person. <laughs> and like she has lived for most of her life in a, like a, in a mental, uh, I don't know what the correct word is these days, a uh, hospital or asylum or whatever. Uh, but, uh, but she very, very unusual person and uh, very interesting art. Uh, so yeah, I think it's worth checking out if you like art and you, I don't know, you think that's interesting, then you would like it. Uh, and I have it at 76. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Then, uh, assassination nation. What is that? Okay. So this is an interesting movie. It's, uh, about the, this group of four girls who um, are friends in high school and um, people in their town, they start getting hacked and their uh, like videos or whatever secrets they have are being posted online. And it's basically about this town just turning on itself um, and just seeing like how, how people can like, judge people for their secrets, deserved or not um and how violent people become so basically it's like uh it's like the heathers or heathers uh meets the purge basically um it becomes so over the top and um it, it's it's actually pretty fascinating for me um i was enthralled watching this movie um it's it's a, a very solid r rating so it's not for everybody, but um, it definitely kept my in attention the entire time. Uh, I felt invested in the plot, uh, especially the main character who, who becomes accused of being this hacker. And so all of the town's out to get her. But yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, perfect mix of, of drama, horror, comedy all of that for me. Um, so yeah, I put this at 13 for the year, which is oh. my second highest now out of all of these movies. Cool. Great. Okay. Uh, and then Colette, you saw this Colette? Yeah, I was just able to see Colette um, a, a few days ago, actually. Um, I had seen this trailer, Kiera Knightley. I've heard good things about her performance in this movie. I thought it looked painfully dull. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. Um, 
this is very similar to the premise behind the wife. Um, oh, and now I, I feel like I can't talk too much about this plot without spoiling the wife. Uh-huh. Um, but man, I was I was pretty captivated um, throughout this movie, which I I was expecting to be bored. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. But um, I, it's probably my favorite role I've seen Kira Knightley in. Um, she did a great job. There's a lot of chemistry between her and and her fellow castmates in this. Um, it's got a lot of heart behind it. It's an incredible true story. Um, it made me smile a lot. And it's one of those movies that I'm like, I bet the audience is going to clap when this movie ends. And sure enough, the audience in my theater, which was packed, uh, they all clapped for the movie at the end. So uh, way better than I expected. I, I would highly recommend you go check this out if you get the opportunity to. Cool. Where'd you have it ranked? Um, I put it at 28 for the year. Hmm. Okay, great. All right. Then we have Life Itself. And this was directed by Dan Fogelman, who is behind the show This Is Us, which I have heard nothing but good things about. Haven't watched it myself. Uh, and I, full disclosure, I was feeling under the weather when I saw it, but I was just I really wanted to go to the screening uh, because I, you know, just want to go as many as I can. Uh, and they invite me to more of them. <laughs> but it was actually kind of embarrassing because I, I kept falling asleep. And I guess I was even like snoring at one point, which is super embarrassing. <laughs> um, I found I just on an entertainment level, I found it incredibly boring. Uh, but on a moral level, I had major issues with this movie. It's actually very cynical. And I was not expecting that from the trailers and also from somebody from everything I heard of This Is Us, that it's a very, very positive show. And this, I mean, almost every character uh it either gives up uh commits suicide or uh or gets hit by a bus and uh, there's very little like hope uh, or uh, i mean i guess the final love story uh you're supposed to believe that all these other stories made this one hopeful love story come true but i thought that uh, what happens to what Oscar Isaac's character does was actually really, I hated it, not only because of his decision, but because I thought it just really uh, was handled in a terrible way. And the people that are dealing with mental illness and suicide, that it was very like insulting. I thought that the whole story in Italy, while pretty well acted, uh, was very soapy and very like, again the the this guy just basically like gives up on this great love uh and i didn't like that and i, I don't know i just thought this movie was awful I, I didn't like it at all even though it has some good acting I was, it, it it was not for me <laughs> yeah well first off like at least mainly during the first act of the film um, I was in the same boat as you as a, as far as sleeping is going. I don't I don't want to completely like I never want to blame a movie for me being sleepy during it because yeah. it's probably just I'm tired. Like I said, I was sick, and so that okay. even amplified it. 
I, I was, I shouldn't have gone. I shouldn't have gone because mm. I, it ended up, I, well, I thought, Oh, I can tough through it. Uh, but I was just not feeling good. So I shouldn't have gone. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess take my review with a grain of salt, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. But I, I would say that I felt like, uh, the critiques for this film were a little harsh. Um, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. Um, I thought the stories were all intriguing enough um, and seeing how they were interconnected. I appreciated that. Um, it, It didn't leave a strong impression on me afterwards. So this is another movie that if you ask me to tell you everything that happened, I couldn't give you a whole lot, but I do remember leaving the theater thinking "Mm, it wasn't bad. Um, So maybe it not being bad was enough for me after seeing the reviews for the film, Uh but I put it at 114 for the year. Yeah. I have it at 116. I haven't seen quite as many as you, Uh, but I have it 116. I, I just thought, I couldn't get over that cynicism. I I just thought this story was supposed to, like I, I almost wish I had leaned into the cheesiness and leaned mm-hmm. in and been a little bit, kind of like it's different, but kind of like for me, Dog's Tale was or Dog Days or whatever it was called was really sweet and you know sentimental, and I could have used more of that in this. Uh, it just felt like oh great, everyone's either killing themselves or just giving up, and I, I was yeah. like what. This is but the, lame. the one thing that I would say is like, I don't think either of us expected that when it happened. Um, and I do like it when a movie can catch me off guard. I mean, I, I thought that our lead characters would be around through the whole movie, not just the first uh, 35, 40 minutes of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know. I haven't, like I said, I have it 116 out of 122. I really didn't like it, but That's again, fair. I was really sick. So whatever. It's hard to say. Uh, So then there's this movie called Little Italy. I was not sick and I felt sick after watching it. (laughs) It was so terrible. And again, because I love the genre of romantic comedies, I'm going to hold up the ones I think are terrible and execute it terribly. And it is not the two leads fault. Uh, Emma Roberts and Hayden Christensen, they were actually really charming and they had pretty good chemistry and I liked them, but I just hated the script so much. I, it's, it's very vulgar, which to me didn't fit with this kind of story and uh, with it's, it's pretty sexual. Uh, and I don't know, it just was unpleasant and it has super bad stereotypes. The gay character is the worst uh, and it, like all of that stuff, I guess, could have been forgiving if it, it had been executed well, which I love my big fat Greek wedding. And that certainly has stereotypes, but to me, uh, it's, it's all in good fun and I just love it. I think it's so funny. Uh, whereas this was just, I just hated it. I thought it was terrible and I have it at 118. Okay. So don't watch it. <laughs> like well, I put in my review, I was like, uh, these people need to sit down with Hallmark and find out how to execute this kind of story well. And you can make it a little bit saucier. I'm fine with that. But it just as core uh, was just, it, 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 was, it wasn't good. So 
anyway. Uh, and then on the, uh, the 21st, I watched uh, the movie, really sounds was a movie called Tea with the Dames. This is a documentary, and it's literally, it's very simple. It's just these four, uh, uh, it's just these four British uh, dames, <laughs> the, these actresses that are legends, sitting down and talking about their friendships and, and their lives and different roles that they've had over the years. And it's very charming and it's it's just because if you like these four women you'll find it really charming and enjoyable it's uh maggie smith judy dench eileen atkins and joan plowright and i like all of these women and i really just found it fun to they're they're going through their various roles in their lives and, and ups and downs and they're kind of catty and kind of foul-mouthed and uh maybe you wouldn't expect that in these you know british actresses that do all these period pieces, you know, staunch period pieces. Uh, and so, but it, it's a really nice little movie. Uh, so I, uh, I would give it, I gave it a uh, 25 in my ranking. It's really fun. So uh, then we have the house with a clock in its walls. And this is based on a kind of obscure book from the 1970s. And I didn't really know what to expect in this, but I actually ended up really enjoying it. I think for a haunted house movie for, for kids, uh, I think it has some pretty good scares that kids that like being scared will really enjoy. I, I thought that uh, Kate Blanchett and Jack Black had a ton of fun in, in their roles, and I really enjoyed that. I thought that uh, it looked had, uh, had fun moments of imagination and creativity. And overall, I just walked out of having had a pretty good time. It's not perfect. There's some things that, like, there's a particular CGI baby thing that looks terrible. <laughs> um, and there's some other things that don't 100% work. But overall, I left having been pretty entertained. And uh, I, I, I had it at 39. Okay. Yeah, I was entertained by it. Um, this is, like, the epitome of, like, a good movie. Um, that's not, like anywhere above or below that you know yeah um yeah. it it did feel like a kind of derivative of other directing styles we've seen like almost tim burton light um i, I was very surprised when i saw it's an eli roth film yeah yeah that was surprising the last movie i saw from him was uh i think it's called green inferno which was extremely violent yeah um, so I'm like, oh, what made him decide to take this turn and do kind of a kid's family-friendly movie? But yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, I, I put it at 69. Yeah. I think it, it reminded me of Monster House. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. yeah, I can see that. So, all right. Then we have The Sisters Brothers. Uh, what do you think of this? Yeah. So the, this movie is kind of interesting. It has uh, Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley, their brothers. Uh, it's a Western. They're called the Sisters Brothers. So you go into this movie. You're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to laugh. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a comedy, really. I mean, uh, maybe like super, super light on the comedy. But if you have a movie called the Sisters Brothers because their last name is Sisters, you have to make it a comedy. Like you can't tell me that these are the Sisters Brothers and then give me a serious Western. Yeah, that's uh, weird. 
it was very weird. Um, I mean, it was, it was good in parts. Like the acting was solid. Um, the story was decent. It's about, uh, them. They're, they're basically like, uh, I forget the word, like hitmen. Um, uh-huh. Gosh, like assassins it, or something well kind of like they're they're there's a specific word that is not coming to my brain right now but they like an outlaw are, no they're trying to find an outlaw basically. oh okay like a bounty hunter yeah bounty hunter is the word i was looking for yeah. so um and they're really like sharpshooters but um you you see these two parallel plot lines going on there's other characters that they've discovered like a way to find gold with these chemicals, putting a chemical in, in a river will make the gold glow and you can go find it. So it's basically like these two plot lines that are slowly coming together. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good movie. I think part of my issue with it was that I kept waiting for the humor. Um, and if there was humor there, it was, it was very like, um, there was one particular scene involving uh, the river and these chemicals that really grabbed my attention but other than that I was slightly bored um, so I didn't love the movie I put it at 119 okay uh, so then there's movie My Hero Academia the movie and this is based on the anime show My Hero Academia and I had never seen the show uh, when I went and saw it, but I'd heard good things. And I think that they did a really good job of very quickly filling in the audience that hasn't seen the show on the main characters and premise of the show. And basically, it's pretty clever. It's about this, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a variation of sort of sky high kind of thing, like, but that, that each people have the, in this world, have these quirks they're called that make them basically superpowers, you know, and they have all different ones and you kind of have to find what your quirk is and you develop it over time. And they go to this hero academic hero high school and they end up in this story going to this, the, this, then this field trip where the whole class ends up going to this Island uh, that's supposed to be this, like, I don't know. It's this Island of superheroes kind of things. And, uh, there, there's this, uh, there's the scientist who, uh, who ends up getting kind of kidnapped and they are, they end up in this kind of building where there's various challenges and, uh, that this villain has, has put and, uh, and is trying to kind of steal people's quirks and he has this quirk amplifier basically. And, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought that it was a pretty solid superhero movie. I thought that the characters were fun. I thought that the script was pretty good and I thought the animation was good. And I think that people would like it more than they would expect to like it because it really follows a lot of popular uh, themes and stories of superhero movies, but I thought it was executed very well. And so I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I have it at 23. I really enjoyed it. So uh, anyway, there you go. Uh, So on the 28th, you saw Free Solo. 
Yeah, so uh, Free Solo is a documentary about this guy who, um, he he's a mountain climber, um, and he's known for climbing a lot of his mountains without any rope or uh, harnesses or anything, just doing it completely by hand. Um, but he decides that he wants to Free Solo uh, climb El Capitan, uh, which is considered one of the absolute hardest mountains to climb even with um, all of these tools helping you along the way so a lot of people just saw this as a suicide mission um so basically you go through the movie and you see this guy he's already kind of an interesting person because he's so detached from um normal way of viewing life and relationships and he thinks if i die then i die no big deal but um it's it's a very very compelling story um about Mm. his quest to climb this mountain and the stakes are 100 percent real um i won't spoil how it turns out but it's very possible that this guy could die making this film uh, because hmm. they say at one point that all, almost all of the people who decide to become free solo uh, climbers die. <laughs> so um, I think that come Oscar season, this is a very, very, very strong contender to win best documentary. And I've seen quite a few this year and there's been a lot of great ones. Better than uh, this, would you want me my neighbor? I think those are the two front runners right now. Um, I, I was going to say if this doesn't win, it's going to be won't you be my neighbor? Uh, but oh, it's wow. it's a close race. I, oh, I think wow, I really want to see these two, it. I think yeah, the difficulty like there there is a team of filmmakers making this documentary with him, and they all have to climb this mountain too. There are some drones used. But there's also like professional climbers that are there every step of the way. Of course, they've got harnesses, uh, but I have—it's wow. hard to think of a movie I felt so tense watching. Like my hands were literally sweating. My friend with me, he his hands were sweating. It's very tense. Very good film. Um, oh, I have to check it out. Yeah, this year has been amazing for documentaries. Three Identical Strangers was so good. I love Minding the Gap. I yeah, RBG. RBG was really good. Uh, so I'm sure because the documentary branch of the Academy is ridiculous and terrible. So I'm sure they'll screw it up. But, uh, but yeah, terrible. Absolutely. And uh, like, you know, last year I was very ticked off that Step uh, didn't make it even at, right. it, didn't, it wasn't even on the short list of considered like which is just insane to me uh mm-hmm. like <laughs> at least deserve to be on that list of consideration uh but um but anyway yeah they 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 really resist anything that's like different or taking risks and they like you know talking heads uh about topics which is fine but i don't know very very annoying so yeah uh, i put that, i put it at 33 for the year Oh, I'm really excited to see that now. Yeah, I think cool. you'll like it. Mm. Okay, uh, then Hellfest. Uh, how did it compare to Bloodfest and that other fest that you talked yeah. about? <laughs> well, I didn't watch American Fright Fest, so I can't compare oh, okay. it to that. 
Okay. But uh, Bloodfest and Hellfest, I like them both for different reasons. Um, I like the humor in Bloodfest, which was the first one we spoke about. Uh-huh. This one I liked more uh, the horror elements to it. Um, I don't think that they developed the characters very well, um, but this was as close to like the old 90s slashers that I enjoy so much uh, that I've gotten in a while. So I did appreciate that. Um, I don't think it's a great film, uh, but it was it was serviceable and it kept my attention and I would definitely watch it again. I put this in 52 for the year. Okay, good. Uh, Then we had Little Women, and this is a modern take of Little Women. And I was really hoping that this would be good. It was made locally here in Utah. It's uh, it's all made by women, and uh, pretty much everybody involved (laughs) uh, as far as production and writing and everything were all women. So I was really hoping this would be like the little movie I could champion. Uh, but I could not, and I didn't like it. Little Women is very special to me. It's not quite Anna Green Gables level, but it's very special to me. And uh, so that, so there's that. But I just, like, whenever I've seen Little Women, uh, like, Joe is a very independent, very uh, free-spirited character. But in this one, she was just a jerk. She was awful. I hated her. And she... She's really rude. And this is the only version I've ever seen. And this won't mean anything to you because you haven't read it but uh, or seen it. Uh, but this is the only version where I thought that Amy was completely justified in burning Joe's book. Because literally that same day, she had been so critical of her painting, so unsupportive, so rude. And whereas in like the original story, Amy's just, she wants to go to the opera, but she's not old enough. And she kind of pouts about it. So it's like Amy's uh, Amy's in the wrong, you know, and burns Joe's book out of, out of her pettiness. But this one, it's just like, yeah, Joe was a total jerk and being super unsupportive and super rude about her painting, which she loves. And, and then you have Meg becoming uh, like drunk and going to this dance and making out with some random guy like what is going on? I hated that, and I uh, I thought that the Joe and Laurie situation uh, had no chemistry at all, and uh, the uh, and it was weird. Like I I felt, and this may be uncomfortable, uh, but I felt like in the the choices it was it, it, first of all you have a 30 year old man playing a teenager in Lu- lucas Gravel from high school musical and i felt like the styling choices that they made and some of the other affications that he had and some of the other stuff that he did i was expecting oh they're gonna have him come out as gay which would be a really interesting choice for mm. Lori as a character like that would be very interesting i think but instead it, it like it was just weird and I I thought that it really kind of also hurt the chemistry between the characters because you're just like, I'm feeling no sexual tension or, you know, whatever between them. Uh, and, you know, maybe because my niece, when I told, when I said that in my review, she was like, Oh, you're stereotyping. And I'm like, I, I guess, but that's really what I thought was going to happen. And that's where I thought they were leading. And so I don't know any way to say it, but it was how I felt. And, uh, 
and so anyway, uh, they they didn't do a good job developing that character, in my opinion, or the relationship. So I I, I just really was very disappointed. I didn't like it, and uh, I have it at 108. Okay. Well, you know about the version coming out next year, right? Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, I know it'll be a million times better. This is like <laughs> decently made, like, yeah. uh, but I don't think that they had Leah Thompson for very long. Uh, she's not in the movie all that much. Okay. Uh, I could have used more Marmy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's kind of weird too. Cause in the book and every other version I've ever seen, like it's only the girls that call her Marmy, but this is like everybody in the whole town, including Laura calling her Marmy, which is sort of weird. <laughs> Cause they're not her mom. She's not their mommy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, it can just we, didn't work. Can we take a second to talk about the cast from uh, the one in the next, the, the one coming out next year? Yeah. So I know that Emma Tom and uh, Emma Thompson, I know that Emma, Emma Watson. Watson is in yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Emma Watson, Meryl Streep, Timothy Chalamet, Saoirse Ronan, Laura Dern, wow. Bob Odenkirk. And it's directed by Greta Gerwig. And it's a a modern take, right? I am not sure. I I didn't think it was, but it could be. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. And I'm open to that. Uh, But it was very disappointing also because there was a a traditional take on it on PBS this year, uh, and which was also kind of not great and I didn't love. (laughs) So I guess it's just not – hopefully that – movie will redeem little women after these two films (laughs) this year yep oh well uh so then we had uh night school Mm -hmm. and uh and i actually i'm one of the rare people that chuckled a little bit in the trailer and i was like oh maybe this will be funny and it was not great it was pretty like it had a it had a few moments of heart uh, with sort of dealing with Kevin Hart's uh, characters' uh, learning challenges and the way they portrayed that, I thought was pretty good. But other than that, the humor really fell flat and it wasn't funny, uh, especially the physical comedy. I didn't think it worked at all. Uh, and I didn't think the one character that's like he's an antagonist with uh, from, from t- you know the high school days, that wasn't funny at all. I didn't like it. Uh, it wasn't good. No. Yeah, that I, that's that's the best way to sum it up. It wasn't good. Um, a lot of the humor just felt so forced. Like they uh, would beat they would beat things into the ground, like certain jokes that they had running, especially with the side characters. And I, they just weren't funny the first time. They're not funny the fifteenth time either. Um, yeah. yeah. It made me really question, like, Tiffany Haddish and if she was that, like... One-hit wonder. Yeah, one-hit wonder. She's pretty shrill. She needs to... Like, they need to give her more more moments of heart and that you relate to her uh, as if she's going to be... more moments with Kevin Hart? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because at least in Uncle Drew, she was just sort of shrill and judgy and not funny. And then Mm -hmm. in this, she's kind of shrill and unpleasant and uh for for most of the movie and they they uh, they're just not working i don't know what she was like in girl strip but that was an ensemble at least Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't given up hope on her, um, which we'll get into that with our next preview or our next recap we do for uh, ah, winter okay. movie. But, oh, good, good. But yeah, I didn't like this at all. I put it at 143. Yeah, I have it at 110. So, all right. Uh, then uh, we have Smallfoot. And there's some good parts about this movie. I think that I really liked the world building and all the way they built the ice uh, city or whatever you want to call it. The Yeti village. I thought that the lore were very, it was pretty creative. Uh, it's kind of a philosopher King's idea that, you know, what we're going to protect you by lying to you sort of idea, uh, which is sort of weird for a kids movie, but I don't know. It was also like they, it was it was interesting at least uh and i thought for the most part actually the voice talent was fine you know some of the choices were sort of weird but they executed they did fine uh and so there were good things about it for the most part i just left this movie feeling like that was weird it was a weird movie i thought that uh the music was really weird <laughs> especially the pressure song about youtube and and that was weird and i thought that they kept uh that that guy that's kind of the co-lead protagonist uh as pretty unlikable and selfish for a long time of the movie and uh, i thought the rap with common was really weird and i didn't really get it like not everything could be hamilton guys like let's move <laughs> on um and i don't know i just left feeling like that was a really strange movie it had a weird message uh and i felt like okay sometimes i feel like they are like maybe two brainstorming sessions too many that <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't awful i didn't hate it but i just thought it was weird so that's all yeah. i can say strange movie <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have a problem with the music, to be honest. Like, I didn't expect it to be as much of a musical as it turned out to be, because there's quite a few songs in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I thought they were all uh, pretty fine. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, it kept my, my attention after I got past my sleepy phase, which often happens when I go and lay back on the recliners. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it had kind of an interesting message. It seemed almost anti-religion. I don't know if you got that vibe. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and I don't know. That also was weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like I did like the world building and the characters were pretty decent and had some good jokes. But I don't know. It's a one-time watch, I guess, for me because mm -hmm. I just thought a lot of choices were really weird. Yeah, I could see a lot of parents being like, "Oh, we're leaving." Yeah. We're not staying for the rest of this movie. But yeah. I, I I liked it enough. I think I liked it probably more than you did. Um, yeah. I put it at 64 for the year. The, yeah, I have it at 75 for the year, uh, which is probably generous, to be honest, with how I really <laughs> felt. But anyway, that's where I had it. Because uh, I did really like I'd be really interested in reading the art book because I thought artistically it was it was kind of interesting. Uh, and the fur was great on the yetis and they did a pretty good job for characters that all look like basically the same of giving them enough differences in the way the styling and 
and uh and the voice acting and stuff to kind of i thought they did a pretty good job with that because they're all just big white monsters you know whatever yetis yeah pretty good out with that so anyway yeah 75 for me and then we have stars born and this is our fourth telling of this story and the story is pretty formulaic of the rock star who uh it's the dual story of uh one character uh rising up in fame while this other character sort of devolves in uh and it, you know loses that and I, I don't mind a formula film if it's executed well. And I think this is, and I thought they had amazing chemistry and I thought the singing was amazing. I loved all of the songs. I think it's honestly the best singing in a movie as far as just pure. Does this sound great? Uh, I thought it was the best since dream girls, uh, in my opinion, in a Hollywood movie. I thought it was just phenomenal. Lady Gaga was amazing. I thought Shallows is an incredible song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very tragic and sad. Uh, and But I was invested. I cried. Uh, I I really liked it. I thought it was a really good movie. And it has, has a ton of heart. And I, I even though it is predictable, it didn't matter to me. I, give, I have it a 14. Okay. Yeah, I... I've noticed a few people are, that I've talked to, they're like, oh, well, it's kind of like predict- predictable formula. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's the fourth iteration of this movie. <laughs> yeah, you should yeah. know what you're going into. Like, but I, I don't judge it based on that. I judged it based on how well executed it was, uh, the acting and the yeah. music. And as far as those three go, like there was... N- nothing to complain about for me i love the music i love the acting i really was surprised uh by how great the cinematography was yeah. like they had some really good camera shots going on um yeah it, it just worked perfect yeah. for me um and the side characters were, were really good they i i think that you could easily see a nomination for supporting actor for sam elliott who i've always loved mm-hmm. i thought he was tremendous as this brother really good and i actually thought dave Chappelle, for only being in a couple scenes was very good uh in in particular that main scene when he wakes him up and and uh you know talks to him i thought that he you know, if you're really talking about supporting character, that's just, uh, you know, now those get pretty m- meshed together uh, with lead performances, but I thought he, he was, a, he was really, really good in it. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I guess the one part that was a little groan worthy was to me, her e- kind of evil uh, one note manager, you know, who like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, his sort of speech at the end, it was kind of like, I think that anybody that's a true businessman would be a little bit more nuanced and a little Mm -hmm. bit more, especially, you know, if he really has any investment in, like, you want to make your star happy. So I think that's a little bit grown worthy, but I really enjoy, obviously, 14, very high. Yeah, I I forgot about that guy. And even just the way he talked kind of irked me. And anytime he was on the screen, I'm like, okay, you can go. Um, Also, like, there were a couple of drag queens that I'm familiar with from uh, 
from RuPaul's Drag Race. Like one of them I've seen live a couple of times. Oh, okay. uh, so it was kind of cool to see them on the big screen. Yeah, but yeah, I I really like this. Um, this is my favorite of all the movies we're discussing. I put it at five for the year. Okay, great. And I loved the little scene where it was a nice little tribute to Judy Garland, I thought, who was in one of the versions, oh, the best, yeah. really good version of this movie, uh, when she sings the pre uh, prelude, I guess, to, yeah, to uh, Over the Rainbow. Room. That was a lovely little moment. That was really mm-hmm. good. So, all right. Uh, yeah. So, okay, next, Private Life. You saw this? Yeah, Private Life is a film that's on Netflix right now. It is about a couple um, who are trying to become parents um, and they're pursuing all sorts of options because things have not worked for them. And um, um, basically they're looking to adoption, in vitro uh, fertilization, just all sorts of things, whatever they can get to work. And it's just becoming a huge stress on their life. like. Uh, and uh, a niece gets involved um, and she's potentially going to uh, be uh, someone that will carry uh, the egg uh, for for the the woman in this what is her name I'm trying to remember her name but but um, it's getting a lot of really good reviews in fact I've heard a little bit of Oscar buzz for this film, which after watching it, I don't think it will be nominated for anything. Catherine Hahn is who I was thinking of. Um, I had seen that she could potentially get nominated for best actress for this. Um, But it it was a pretty good movie. Um, It's a plot that I couldn't really get too interested in. So that kind of hurt my enjoyment of it. Um, But I put it at 109 for the year. Okay, great. Uh, and then Studio 54, what's this? Is documentary? It is. It's a documentary about Studio 54 and uh, the two guys that uh, created it and how quickly, it, like, this burned so bright but burned out very quickly. It only was around, I think, I think they said, uh, like, 30, 30 months, somewhere around there. So almost three years uh so you get to see just how crazy the hype was for this studio when it when it uh first began and how these guys just shot to stardom and Mm -hmm. were mingling with all of these celebrities um it was a lot more interesting than i thought it would be um it it went down routes that i did not know i i was not very familiar with studio 54 before seeing this so it was pretty educational for me um but yeah i was actually pretty entertained by it um i don't think it's one of the stronger documentaries i've seen this year but i'd recommend it for people to watch um i put it at 105 cool good and then the old man and the gun i've been meaning to see this i just haven't gotten around to it uh because i do love david lowry uh his he's i think a really good director uh in robert redford's last performance supposedly at least uh what did you think um i like this movie quite a bit um more than i thought i would it it reminded me a lot of catch me if you can um Mm. which is one of my favorite movies 
there's some great chemistry in here between uh, Sissy Spacek and uh, Robert Redford. Uh, it's just a very charming movie. Uh, this basically it's the likable bank robber um, who's an old guy. So um, I'd highly recommend it. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Redford gets an Oscar nomination. Uh, not that I'm clamoring for him to, but I just could see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I definitely need to see it. Uh, so then we got Venom and for me, this movie uh, was very slow to start. Uh, the first uh 45 minutes probably are pretty brutal not great but like people online were comparing it to catwoman and i think that those people have not seen catwoman for a long time because it's not that bad it's not good but i i don't think that it's one of the worst comic book movies ever seen uh and i i think that there was some entertainment between uh when tom hardy was venom and sort of fighting with himself and there was some comedy that worked uh and so i i must admit i went in with very low expectations and also i loved the i we talked about this in our preview our preview i loved the into into the spider verse because i i was so surprised in that preview where you were kind of low on it because in my world of animation we're all like super pumped and super excited about it so like i kind of left with like feeling excited and feeling happy because <laughs> i just seen that uh so i it's not great it's not particularly good but i didn't think it was one of the worst i guess if that makes sense i thought it had some fun moments uh so there you go uh i yeah. yeah that's kind of how i feel about it i guess my main issue is that the standard for superhero films has has uh definitely been elevated over the past several years and i think this might have worked uh 15 years ago yeah it definitely mm-hmm. felt like 2003 called they want their movie back right right so yeah it it was just disappointing and i it was very disappointing for me that this uh broke the record for biggest opening in october i don't think it deserves that title not even close um but yeah i just i i I wish it had been a lot more interesting i would say if you want to see this movie go watch upgrade instead i think yeah that's very true it made me I, i even said on twitter i was like I need to apologize for my review of Upgrade because uh, it was very, I was like, wow, this is is a weaker version of Upgrade. It, really it kind of made me realize that that movie was better than I gave it credit for. <laughs> yeah. And Tom Hardy even looks like so much like yeah. the guy in Upgrade. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I put this at 120 for the year. Okay. I have it at 81. Okay in my ranking so all right uh then on the 10th is 22 dash july what's that yeah first of all i'm not sure if you should call it 22 july or 22nd of july i don't know but uh have you heard about this film at all no i don't think i have okay so this is uh this was a netflix movie um which i've also heard oscar buzz for this um it is about a terrorist attack that happened in um, 
I want to say Switzerland or somewhere in that area, maybe Sweden. Um, but it's uh, about this one terrorist, lone acting terrorist. He sets off some bombs, but then there's also this island where a bunch of um, kids are like uh, going there for like kind of like a camp, but it's like a camp specifically for future leaders of their country. Um, so it's all like very like uh, well-educated kids that are there, teenagers, I should say. Um, but after this initial terrorist attack, um, a person gets on a boat dressed as a police officer with two duffel bags and he goes to this island and he tells the counselors there, I'm here, uh, gather everybody up. I need to inform them about, about this terrorist attack that happened. But actually he is the terrorist and he just begins massacring all of these kids. Um, it's extremely upsetting it's very tense when that goes down, but the movie primarily is about the aftermath um, after this um, attack and specifically seeing one of the victims in their road uh, to recovery and seeing the trial uh, for this uh, person who committed this uh, act is this of terror. Based on true story or? It is. Yes. Okay. It's a true story. Sorry. I didn't make that clear. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what makes it uh, that much more, effective yeah i would say that it the first 30 minutes are the best part because that's where all the action takes place um and it was hard for me to stay as invested throughout the rest of the movie even though i kind of feel guilty saying that because it's like a pretty uh traumatizing thing that these people went through and it's an important story to tell to a lot of people who may not be informed about it but uh -huh. um i i put it at 99 for the year okay good all right uh then there was mfkz and i mean when i in the last episode where i talked about a uh, night is short walk on girl and have it being chaos but it was fun exciting chaos and i enjoyed it uh surrealist uh surrealism uh this is the opposite I thought it was exhausting. I, there's literally nothing that has any kind of continuity or makes sense. Uh, the the plot, uh, like the characters change and uh, all the time and it's very shouty and in your face and it's super vulgar, which I knew, I, I knew it was, it was a rated R movie. I was aware of that and I knew it would be darker, uh, but I, I it was pushing it is probably the most violent and most profane animated film I think I've ever seen. Uh, it was, I don't know. And just like nothing made any sense. The story didn't make any sense. I didn't know what it was trying to say uh, with all this violence. It's obviously trying to say something, but I didn't get it. And uh, it's probably not made for me, uh, but I, I can appreciate things that are not made for me if they're executed well. This I didn't think was. I just found it exhausting. I felt drained after I had seen it. I, I almost wanted to walk out of it. I really disliked it. Uh, and I, I don't know. It just wasn't for me at all. And I feel like the advertising was a little deceptive because 
the MFKZ, that's all, that was what it was called. And that's what it was on the trailer. And that was, that's what it was on the poster. And then all of a sudden you find out that it means, I'm not going to say it because I don't use that words on my show, but it was very profane uh, abbreviation. Uh, and I just really disliked it. And I have it at, let's see here. I have it at 114 out of oh, well. two. Found it very unpleasant. I didn't like it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, bad times at the El Royale. You saw? I did. Yeah, this was a movie that I had really been looking forward to. I mean, when we did our preview podcast for these months, um, A Star Is Born and Bad Times at the El Royale. Those were the two that I could not wait to see. Um, so, I did like Bad Times at the El Royale quite a bit but um it did feel like um it would have been better in the hands of somebody else um the director of this did cabin in the woods which i love that film um but i do think like just the whole plot everything about the premise would have worked so well in uh, a tarantino film or a coen brothers film mm-hmm. um and it, I don't want to sell it short because it really did work well for me still with this director. Uh, it just wasn't as stylized as I would have wanted it to be. Uh, but I still had a lot of fun watching it. Um, great cast, I thought. Um, great storyline. Uh, music was, was a lot of fun throughout the movie. It had a lot of 60s music, which I love. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I'd love to watch it again. Uh, I put it at 14 for the year. Yeah. Okay, good. Wow. Very high. Good. Yeah. Uh, so then Beautiful Boy, and uh, this, I have not heard good things about it. Uh, what did you think? Okay, this is uh, a pretty interesting movie for me. Um in that it's a subject matter that I I uh, have some I can relate. To. I've never done drugs, but I've had somebody very close to me who has struggled with the same addiction, and it was very up close and personal for me. Um, I could very much relate to Steve Carell's character mm-hmm. um, throughout this film. So while it was pretty straightforward in storytelling, there was nothing too unique about it. Um, the acting was pretty good. Knowing somebody who's struggled with meth addiction, um, seeing Timothy Chalamet, I didn't quite buy it. S- being able to compare it to the real thing. Um, he did a great effort, but I couldn't quite buy it. Um, yet all of this said, the movie still had a pretty strong impact on me just because of the relatability. Um, I, <laughs> I had a hard time, like, especially near the end. Like, I, I honestly, like, just broke down, like, sobbing in the theater. And I was trying so hard not to be loud while doing it. Yeah. And I don't want to give the film too much credit for that. It's, um, it wasn't the film itself that um, struck that emotion in me. It's 
my uh, history of trying to help somebody um, with what seems like an impossible um, task um, to get them past addiction. Um, I put this at 31 for the year though. Um, so I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not a masterpiece by any means, uh, but it's worth watching for sure. Cool. All right. Then we have first man on the 12th and uh, I already did a whole podcast on first man with my friend Richard. I really loved that podcast. I didn't really love this movie. Mm-hmm. I know it's unpopular opinion, uh, but I, I thought it looks nice. It's well-made. Uh, but mm-hmm. for me, I thought that uh, Neil Armstrong was really flat and the character didn't really grow. And I didn't get any motivation at all for why he wanted to go to the moon. Yes. He's grieving over the loss of his daughter, which was sad, but I never got any connection of what that had to do with him going to the moon and why he particularly wanted to go into space. And I always feel that way about Damien Chazelle's movies. I always feel like I need more character development that he just kind of, I feel like he accepts dreaming as an inherent good and an inherent, uh, like you don't need to dig any further. All you need to know is they have a dream and I need more. And uh, I want to know why he wanted to go to the moon. I don't, I, and I just felt like he was, so there's no way that Neil Armstrong was this kind of bland and just like, I mean, even talking with Richard, I was like, why did he want to go to the moon? And basically his answer, who Richard knows his stuff on space, and he was like, it was just his job. And I guess that's could be true. But like, to me, a movie like Hidden Figures is much better. I left feeling inspired and I wanted to be a better person and try things and take more risks. And I felt like I got to, yes, like the something like Hidden Figures is formulaic. But like I left inspired, I left feeling like, wow, these people were really amazing. They were great people. And so even if they sort of lean on formula a little bit in a movie like that, like, I guess that's my preference rather than feeling like I didn't really get to know him hardly at all. I didn't feel like he was an interesting person uh, surrounded. He just like was there with all these events. And I know a lot of people really loved the bracelet in dropping a scene but that was good but because i was just so disconnected by that point from his character i i didn't cry uh and i i thought that i missed having a moment like in apollo 13 when he covers the moon up with his thumb and then later on when things are going crazy he does that with the earth and you know like you feel for him and you feel like that was great and i i also missed like any sort of teamwork or feeling with Houston and NASA, like, like you get in Apollo 13 where like when they build that con- our filter contraption, you're like, wow, yes, we all did it. Yay. And then they try, I think in this to have that kind of a moment where like people are all watching the iconic uh, one small step moment. And it's like this, uh, this worldwide thing, which uh, which they hadn't earned that to me because you hadn't got to know any of these side characters. Like, you know, Gary Sinise way better than any of the side characters, I think, in this movie, in Apollo 13. Uh, and uh, and so, I, 
like and they were trying to make it the whole thing of this controversy about it uh, about it being and uh, not planting the flag i think that most of that controversy the problem was is how ryan gosling said it in the interview him saying that it wasn't an american achievement it was a worldwide achievement like people that rubbed people the wrong way how it was really executed as far as planting the flag was fine mm-hmm. but like I do think that they were afraid to make it an American moment, which is ridiculous because it was an American moment. It was absolutely an American accomplishment. And, uh, and so like to try to make it this, I don't know, it irritated me. I just still don't know how they came up with the, I would love one scene where he's like, what should we say when we step onto the moon? How did he come up with one small step? I want to know. Why didn't we find that out? Like, even if it's a little bit fabricated and, and you know, whatever, like, come on, you're making a movie, like entertain me. And uh, so I was disappointed in it. I didn't really, I, I respected some parts about it because it was really well made as far as the uh, production design and the imagery and all of that. It did make me a little, ooh, a little bit nauseous at times, but I'm very sensitive to that. But anyway, I, I just didn't think it was great and I have it at 77, which is probably generous, but that was my experience. Okay. Well, that's, I, I think most of what you've said is pretty fair. Um, I think it is a good movie, um, but it does have a lot of one note characters, not yeah. all of them. I actually really enjoyed Claire Foy in this, um, which I didn't expect to like her as much as I did. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Gosling, I know he's been getting Oscar buzz for this, but I don't think he deserves a nomination for this. Um, And it may not even be his fault. I just don't think he had much to work with as far as a script goes. Plus it kind of bugged me how he suddenly had a different accent when he said one small step for man, one small or one giant leap for mankind, Mm -hmm. because we've all heard that recording. So he imitated that, but he did not talk that way the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, did not get caught up on his motivations for wanting to go to the moon. I, I mean, I took it as his job too. And um, I believe if I remember correctly, his daughter, uh, she seemed to have like uh, some sort of fascination with the moon as well. So I could see that as added motivation. And the bracelet scene was actually one of the more impactful moments for the movie uh, for me. But yeah, I thought it was, entertaining enough um well made not great but i i liked it enough so i put it at 63 for the year mm, yeah so we're not that far off i don't know i right. just i guess i was really hopeful this would be the damien chazelle movie that would win me over to him and, <laughs> and it's not i've thought all of his movies previous were were fine were good enough but this is definitely my least favorite of okay. that i've seen I, I I really love Whiplash, so yeah, it's a good movie. I just don't think it's a masterpiece, personally. But uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so there you go, First Man. Um, okay, then uh, would would you like First? You like Hidden Figures better than First Man? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next, uh, we have Goosebumps uh, Haunted Halloween, sequel to the first Goosebumps. And I actually liked 
Goosebumps, fine. I thought it was entertaining. I've never watched it again, but uh, I I thought for kids, if they're looking for something that's scary, but not too scary, it was decent. Uh, but this one, I did not like. I thought that uh, I, I, I did enjoy Wendy McClendon Covey as the mom because I just love her from uh, Goldberg's. She's great, I think. Uh, but I, you have to really be scared by this sl- sna- snappy, slappy, whatever. The, 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 um, slappy, uh, yeah. Slappy, yeah. You have to be really scared by him, and I wasn't. It was kind of annoying. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's in the movie a lot. He's the main antagonist, and um, maybe little kids get scared by my slappy snappy whatever and (laughs) (laughs) um but i don't know i thought it was a pretty big downgrade from the first movie in my opinion which is not like that's perfect but i had an 83 okay um yeah i didn't see the first movie so i was told i didn't necessarily need to which i believe is probably the case yeah um yeah i this 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 movie i saw i saw three movies that day i saw goosebumps Venom and um, First Man all the same <laughs> day. That's yep. funny. <laughs> um, Venom was hard to stay awake through. This was almost impossible to stay awake yeah. through. Believe it or not, First Man, I had no problem staying awake during. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I could hardly tell you anything about this movie other than Slappy. Like you were mentioning the mom and I'm like, wait, there was a mom in the movie? I don't remember that. Yeah. So I, it's been less than a month since I've seen it, but I don't remember it. It's it was hurt a lot by the House of the Clock and the Walls having just come out. Which exactly. Was much better in my opinion. Oh, I agree. I agree. Way better. Yeah. Yeah. I put this at one hundred thirty-three. Okay. Uh, then we had a movie called Jane and Emma. This is a local film, local like basically a local Mormon Latter Day Saint whatever film. And so I don't think it has like super broad appeal, which I don't think a movie necessarily has to have a super broad appeal. Uh, it, it, because there's certain things that I feel like if you don't know about our faith that won't really make a ton of sense and will seem a little strange because uh, it's about uh, the wife of Prophet Joseph Smith uh, and named Emma and uh, her friendship with this woman named Jane Manning, who is uh, black a woman uh, convert to the church. This is in the, um, oh gosh, like 1860s, I think, 1850, anyway, somewhere in that. And I had interviewed the writer, and I think she's actually a pretty good writer. Uh, this isn't as good as her last movie, in my opinion, but I thought it was written with a pretty degree of nuance between these two women. And I was glad to see it because Emma Smith in... Uh, in our church sometimes gets a lot of flack for the fact she didn't follow the saints out to Utah and to the West. She stayed uh, and her son founded another church. And so she's kind of seen as a bit of a traitor in people's eyes sometimes, which I don't think is fair at all uh, or deserved. And uh, so I was kind of happy to see her get her kind of moment of vindication and uh it's it's pretty well acted it's pretty well made i think for a local faith-based film uh so i enjoyed it it's uh it's not for it's not for everybody uh 42 in my ranking okay so 
Uh, okay. Then uh, Halloween. This is what the thirteenth film in this series. Um, it's up there. I think it's the eleventh, but I'm not positive. Eleventh. Okay, uh, yeah. I thought about seeing it, but then I heard that it was pretty graphic, and so I was like, yep. mm-hmm. "Nope." Yeah, it's see. definitely graphic. So, um, what did you think? Yeah, so uh, I, my roommate and my friend and I, we decided we were gonna watch the original Halloween. Uh, before we went to see this and I get the appreciation for it, but it was so slow and I don't know. I did. It was, it was hard for us to watch. Uh, I've been thinking of, I think I might pick it for my blind spot series next year. Okay. It's actually not, not that violent. Oh, it's not, it's not that bad. No, you're, you would be fine to watch that. Yeah. Um, There's some nudity, but I mean, you've seen that in other movies. Yeah. So, um, I, but this movie, I actually really enjoyed like way more than I expected to. Um, it's pretty cut cut and dry as far as uh, the premise goes, but, um, I really liked how fast paced it was because a lot of horror, uh, isn't great with pacing these days, like either too slow or too fast. Um, but I thought it was just right on this. Um, I liked that the stakes felt real for all the characters. Um, I liked a lot of the death sequences. Um, there were some side characters that were pretty darn funny. Um, some of those were kind of underutilized. I wish they had been in the movie more, but it worked for me on all levels. Like I was highly entertained way more than I expected to. So I'm glad to, to see how well it's done in the box office. I put this at number 18 for the year. Mm, good. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then there's mid nineties. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, I've heard, heard mostly good things. People yeah. like it. What did you think? Yeah, this was an interesting one. It's directed by Jonah Hill. Um, so I think this is the first movie he's directed. I may not be correct in that, but um, it's a very like kind of slice of life film about uh this young boy who's got kind of a hostile relationship with his older brother who just kind of picks on him and abuses him, honestly. But it's about him finding his own, his own group of friends that he can uh, hang out with. And it's just a bunch of skaters. Um, And it's about just uh, him kind of coming of age a little bit earlier than most people come of age i guess um and he's exposed to a lot of pretty ugly things or like things that uh, a person his age are not ready for i would say um but it was super interesting and uh it uh was very funny in times uh, i liked the montage sequence i, I liked everything about it like it, it was a very oh. solid film uh, there's one scene that I could see making a lot of people uncomfortable, kind of a, a sexual situation with this boy, um, which it's just weird to watch that on TV or on, sorry, on the big screen when he's clearly pretty young. And it's like, when are they going to stop? <laughs> like, when are we going to cut away? Um, but other than that, like, I really enjoyed this. Um, I'd highly re- recommend it to most people. Um, I put this at 25. 
Mm, good. Okay. Uh, then we had On Her Shoulders. This was another documentary that I saw at Sundance. I saw a lot this year, <laughs> documentaries. And uh, this is about a woman named Nadia Murad. She actually was just awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. She is a, there's a small ethnic group in uh, Iraq called the Yazidi that were basically, uh, there was basically attempt to sort of exterminate this entire group uh and uh, by the isis uh terrorist organizations and other other groups and uh raping the women and just terrible horrible things and uh that she's a very compelling character and a very interesting character uh it mostly worked for me this documentary it was interesting but the only thing and and maybe this kind of in a way worked because the the UN is just, I think, almost completely worthless. Uh, and it's so frustrating. We watch this movie and like they, she just, she gives all these speeches and people are like, Oh, you're so great. You're so great. And, uh, and then they are completely unable to do anything to help, uh, to help this situation with her to, to make any noticeable change at all with the people or, uh, with, you know, the, the, situation in Iraq and so it's just like very frustrating because uh, if I were her I'd be like why am I giving these speeches at the UN if they can literally do nothing and they make it feel like they can do nothing I mean they make it feel like they can do all this stuff to like make all this difference and then they really can't uh, and uh, so that's very frustrating uh, so but uh, I don't know if that was the intended message that they had or if that was just my message that I took out for it. That like, yeah, the UN, in my opinion, is kind of a joke. And, <laughs> uh, uh, and so anyway, I give it 64 in my ranking. Okay. Uh, but she's really cool. And I would be very interested in reading her book uh, because like I said, she's just gotten a peace prize. So she's, she's pretty, pretty cool person. Uh, then um, we saw the uh, the hate you give, both of us, and I I read read the I had read the book, and it's obviously a very relevant subject uh, in the book, and I uh, I was you know kind of nervous how they were going to translate it, and I thought they did a great job. They there's a there's a few things that they changed, but not much. It's pretty pretty accurate to the book, and I thought the performances were really good all around i liked that it was very fair i think to all different sides of this issue uh that uh, you know you have uh that you have the uh kind of the bad um side of the drug culture in this part of her town with this guy king you have her uncle who's actually a cop and you see their perspective uh you you see her struggle. The one part that didn't really work for me in the book and it didn't really work for me in this was the stuff at school. I thought it was a little, uh, everything else had been pretty nuanced and that was one part that wasn't nuanced to me. Uh, but I, I thought they did a great job making this family really feel like a family. They really felt like they loved each other and they had chemistry and it really felt like you were seeing a real family play out uh i thought and uh so i really really enjoyed it i thought it was really well done and something that that younger people will be able to see kind of like love simon in a way 
people will be able to see uh, at a younger age and learn about these things without being like too traumatized, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I have it at 18. I really thought it was good. Okay. Um, Yeah, this, this is interesting because this is another, like one of those kinds of movies that we've been seeing a lot of lately. Um, Blind spotting was one that's kind of a similar, uh, similar. I really want to see that. I still haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. You definitely should. And then there's uh, monsters and men, which I haven't gotten to see yet. Um, But these police shootings has been coming up in a lot of movies lately, which I was kind of nervous about because I don't want to see uh, Hollywood take advantage of like a popular issue that's going on in the news and be like, Oh, let's make money off of this. Um, I really did not feel like that was the case after watching this movie. I was, I I was pretty impressed with it. I thought um, it did a very good job of um, eliciting reactions out of me um, from different perspectives um it challenged ways i i thought about certain things too which is always uh a good thing um so yeah i i really enjoyed it i thought um like i hinted at in our last podcast that uh, i think her name's amandala steinberg i think something like Um, that yeah she redeemed herself from uh from what was that never um Shoot, what was it? The Darkest Minds. Oh, yeah, yeah. She redeemed herself from that with this. Um, yeah, I really liked it a lot. I put it at 22 for the year. So cool. we're pretty close. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, then I saw a documentary at Sundance again uh, called The Price of Everything. And this is a documentary about uh, the high-priced art community and uh, both the artists that are creating these works that go for just insane uh, you know, 40 to uh, over a hundred million dollars for one piece of art. And uh, that, you know, some of them are just ridiculous. Like this one guy basically made this, uh, um, it was like a pillar with, it looked like a lawn ornament with this um, globe or whatever on it. It looked it looked like lawn ornament and just some that are just, and then this one guy makes this, uh, this mini statue of Hitler and it sells for, and it's really weird. Like the guy who bought it, it was, is a Jewish man. And I was like, what? And, and he basically, it felt like, Oh, you know, you bought it for just shock value or whatever. And it was interesting. I wish that the interviewer, the, the the guy who made it i wish that he had dug a little deeper into some of these people like why are you spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on this art when you could be doing other things with that mm-hmm. same money like i think i feel like that's a fair question to ask and uh and i don't know i just feel he could have dug a little deeper i think into some of these people but it was it was solid it was interesting i think it's gonna be on hbo uh and so i have it at 74 okay so okay uh then what they had this one you saw yeah i saw this one um this is about uh a family specifically two siblings adult siblings who are uh having to deal with the fact that their mother has dementia 
and or Alzheimer's, I'm not sure which, um, and figuring out what, what to do about the situation. Um, their father is not ready to put the mother in a home, doesn't want to do that. Um, so it's, it's, it's basically a, a per, a, the whole drama is based off of that. Um, it's pretty straightforward, uh, but it's, it's well done. Uh, the acting's pretty good. Uh, the the mother with dementia, um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but I mainly know her from Meet the Meet the Parents. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, it was really well made. Um, I think there's potential we could see somebody get an Oscar nomination for this. I, I don't think it's super likely, but it's definitely that award bait season. Um, movie, but yeah, it was well made. Uh, I put it at fifty six for the year. Oh, okay, good. Uh, so then they had Gosnell, the trial of America's biggest serial killer. I actually was a backer for this movie, so I'm not, I guess, free of from bias. I guess from it. Uh, so I was pretty invested in it. Uh, I think that this story needed to be told. Uh, because this was a horrible man uh, that did horrible things. Like, I feel like even if you're pro-choice, which I am not, full full disclosure, um, that you should be able to recognize that this was a horrible thing that he did to these women and uh, and these children. And I I thought that this is serviceable. I was not like, wow, I wasted my money. Uh, I thought it was probably belonged on television not at the movies but i think that the acting was was pretty decent uh and i thought that they weren't too uh they just told the story i think pretty well uh it's not a great movie uh it but i thought it was okay <laughs> uh and i thought that it's very important to tell the story uh, because I think that he was a terrible person and we needed to do, uh, I don't know. I just think it's important. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can pick someone like Dean Kane apart, but I thought that he was fine. I thought that he was, did a decent job. And, uh, so anyway, I have it at 68. I had actually forgotten to put it in my ranking, so I just barely added it. <laughs> But I have it at 68, uh, and um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm sure that it's an easy film to, for people to pick at because, uh, like I said, it's more on a TV level as far as production, but it's just a compelling story how, these, how they, got, they finally got him and, uh, and were able to, the whole courtroom, and were able to convict, and that was very, like, when he actually is convicted, it's just like, yes, you feel vindication for what he had done, uh, so, anyway, that's where I have it. Cool. So, uh, then, uh, Border, what's Border? Border is actually a foreign film. Um, they did a special screening, a one-time screening at um, our Alamo Drafthouse Theater here, so I wanted to make sure to go see it. They, sh they had shown a trailer for it at a different movie. I think uh, I think it was for mid-90s they showed the trailer for it. Um, but it's a really interesting film. 
about this woman. Um, she works basically, I think, at an airport um, in security. She she has this unique ability to kind of like sniff out if somebody has something on them. She can even tell if somebody's guilty of something. She can smell guilt on people. But she's a very like um, ugly woman, basically. She looks kind of like a cave woman to me. Uh, in fact, I expected them to go that direction with it and her actually be like a cave woman somehow, but they did not. Um, but it, it's about her meeting a man who is who looks similar to her and their interaction and her learning about her past, her talking to her dad and, and uh, just finding out more about her roots. And it's, it's very intriguing. Um, it has some pretty interesting twists to it that I didn't expect. Um, this is a movie I had been told go into it knowing as little as possible. Um, and I didn't know too much about it and I'm glad I didn't. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's, um, pretty graphic as far as sexuality goes, like there's very explicit sex in this uh, film. So I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, uh-huh. um, but this is definitely a movie. Uh, go ahead and pencil it in for um, a best foreign film nominee at the Oscars. But yeah, I like this. I put it at number 40 for the year. Mm, cool. And then finally, Suspiria. This is a remake, and I heard it's pretty nutty. It is pretty nutty. Um, kind of reminded me of Mandy in in uh, that. Um, but I was hoping it would be more in vain of like Black Swan, which I love, um, uh-huh. because it is, it is set around this uh, dancing school um, where a lot of the people are um, in a witch's coven. Um, but not everybody knows about that in the movie. So um, it was it was interesting. Uh, there were some really great scenes in the film, um, especially maybe about 30 minutes into it. There's a dance scene um, that uh, has... Um, man, today I'm forgetting everybody's names, um, but the actress from Fifty Shades of Grey Anyways, she's she's doing this dance, and it's a really great scene. I really like that part a lot. It's pretty violent, um, but as a whole, I thought the movie was a bit pretentious, um, kind of like Mandy. It almost felt like film, film school, um, like, ooh, what can we do here? What, how can we make this weird? Oh, we want to show just a random mirror shattering on the ground let's do that like it's i wish it had had not tried so hard to be this uh, art piece and gone with something a little more straightforward um some of my friends disagree with me on that but um i think it wasted some potential but it was still like entertaining enough i put it at 107 for the year Okay, good. All right. So 
that's it. We did it. <laughs> like, yeah. It. Woo. Oh, I'm tired. I know. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I get to go see the Grinch now. Uh, so Ooh. it's going to be interesting. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we did it uh, out of the, all the movies that we talked about on both episodes. My favorite is Crazy Rich Asians out of the ones from this episode uh, my favorite is a star is born okay and my favorite will be a star is born out of both but yeah. i also really liked a simple favor and assassination yeah. nation cool so were my top three yeah uh yeah a crazy rich asians juliet naked guernsey uh literary uh, society a star is born uh, Night is Short, Walk On Girl, Minding the Gap, The Hate You Give, and Black Klansmen all made my top 20. So okay. what we talked about. Cool. So there you go. My favorite is Still Leave No Trace and uh, of the year. And uh, so, and then my- Hereditary is still number one for me. Oh, nice. And then my least favorite is still Duck, Duck, Goose, which is the worst thing to ever exist. Oh, I know. <laughs> Are there any movies that- you wish you had gotten to see out of uh, these months? Uh, yeah. I, I, the mid nineties, I had thought about seeing, I, let me think what else. Um, there were a number that as you were talking, I was like, Oh, I really mm-hmm. want to see that Madeline's Madeline. I really want to see. I, I, I did want to see Oper- operation finale, even though I know it's flawed. I, I still wanted to see it. Right. I let's see here. Um, that documentary, Free Solo, that sounded really good. Oh yeah. Uh, Assassination Nation. I thought about that. Um, Old Man and the Gun. I really want to see. Um, so that's on my list. I I, I might give Beautiful Boy a shot. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth watching. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I'm- the main ones that I didn't get to see that I wanted to see are The Oath, which is another Tiffany Haddish movie, but it actually looks really good. It's uh-huh. basically like a dinner party gone wrong. Just uh, I don't, You'll have to look up the trailer. It looks pretty interesting. Oh. Um, I really want to see Can You Ever Forgive Me with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Not showing her yet. I really want to see that too. Yeah. I wanted to see We the Animals. Um. Also, monsters and men and wildlife. So hopefully, I'll get to see all of those soon. But miss yeah. talking about them for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you can only see so many. I think you did an amazing job. Thank and you. So, <laughs> so let us know what you think. Uh, yeah, my least favorite that we talked about was Destination Wedding. That was just. Okay, peppermint was mine. Be thankful you didn't see that. Yeah, so let us know what you thought of all of these films. If you're if you're listening, or or what you thought of the films that you saw, Uh, we would love to know. And uh, if you're intrigued to see something that we talked about, let us know as well. That would be really fun on Twitter or in the comments section. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, David, how can people find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm the David Healy. Um, and then also on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash film freaks group. Rachel and I are both in there. So 
yeah, it's really fun. So yeah, you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So check that out. If you can leave your reviews on iTunes, it really helps the podcast. I really appreciate it. And give us a thumbs up if you're watching or listening on YouTube. So thanks so much. I know it's it's been a lot of work and I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll look forward to, uh, to talking again for the um, uh, spring preview and uh, winter wrap up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that we'll be this high with uh, movies next time we do a wrap up. But yeah, we'll see. it's gonna. <laughs> but we're gonna have some some Oscar Oscar yep. talk about. So it yep. should be fun. So it'll be really good. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.